Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. I'm the co-host along with my friend and co-host, Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. Good morning, Kurt. How are you, sir? Chad, doing great, man. Good, good. to see you. Yes, it is good to be seen. It man, is. It was, uh, man, it was pouring. When we taped this show, it was pouring buckets of rain on the way in here. You got wet, didn't you? A little bit. It's okay. You know, a bald head is a wonderful thing in the rain. Well, your 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 hair is you know thick and black and all that you know and yeah. <laughs> well, I have you have the head for radio. Yes, I, I do. I have. The <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you are just tuning in and accidentally catching us, this is Solid Steps Radio. It's a show for men by men, talking about man stuff and uh, you know being a husband, being a father, your walk with God, you know, light stuff like that. And uh, we're talking about. All kinds of things pertain to different aspects of life, and uh, if you want to hear any of our past shows that we have done, uh, we can be heard at SoundCloud.com. You can go to Facebook.com, and you can go to iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you'll see a picture of Kurt and I come up, and you can hear any of our past shows. So uh, we'd hope you to do that. And if you have, if you're a regular listener, thanks for listening. We just ask that you would share the word, spread it around. Maybe send some of these shows to different people who you think might enjoy it. And uh, we'd love to um, to hear your feedback. So yeah, because we want to encourage guys, and we want to build them up, bless them, challenge them, and uh, help them walk close with Jesus. Yep. So that's our purpose. You know, the other day I was uh, driving down the road and I saw this sign. And it said, Wendy's open 24 hours. And I thought to myself, there was a day and time that if you wanted a junior bacon cheeseburger at 11 o'clock, you can't get one, right? And then I was thinking, okay, remember when I was a kid, it's now you know you're starting to get some age on you when you can say things like this. When I was a kid, remember, <laughs> you knew you were like really growing up and being a big kid when you watched tv and at the end of the day at the night in the middle of the night they would sound off the tv station do you remember that yep they would play the you know the star spangled banner and show all these really old dated photos (laughs) of america and all this stuff and you're thinking wow i'm really old i'm cool i'm staying up late (laughs) and the tv stations would go off and you're like, you know, it's just done. But can you imagine explaining that to somebody now, a young oh my person, goodness. and saying, like, restaurants used to close at 11. You couldn't watch TV past whatever time, 12, 1, 2 in the morning. And that would be a foreign concept. We are in a 24-7 world. You can eat all day and night. You can watch TV. You can shop all day and night. You can do anything for 24-7. And I don't know for the better for it. But you know what? We've got a guy today who we're going to talk about, and he has written a book called 24 Six, hmm. which is absolutely awesome. So, uh, Dr. Matthew Sleeth, it's great to have you. It's great to be here. It, it, it really is a joy. It's, uh, you know, when we first met, oh my goodness, probably three or four years ago, maybe. It's just been a delight to, uh, to spend time with you and Nancy and. Uh, it's it's great to know you. And it's good to see you. It's great to see you, brother. So, uh, so uh, Matthew, tell us uh, tell, just an update on your family. And uh, you and Nancy have been married how long? We have been. We just uh, celebrated thirty five. Thirty five uh, years. And um, uh, I hear that the the first thirty four are the hardest. <laughs> it's it. In a way, that's true because it's it really gets better every single week, mm. um, and it's uh, 
but it's not like it was bad four weeks ago. It just gets better and better, you know. Mm. Uh, it's it's something to when you're young and you get married, you don't. First of all, you don't have a brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why you're marrying, you know. And uh, but you're like you don't even think about really getting older. And if you're privileged to grow old with somebody, it's uh, it's just a real blessing. And uh, you'd have to be a poet really to do justice to it. And I'm not a poet. So. Okay. Well. <laughs> Well, you've been married and been with Nancy for 35 years. Uh, you got some kids. I've got uh, two children, uh, uh, a son and uh, a daughter. My my oldest son is a physician. His wife is expecting. and You're uh, going to be a grandpa soon. I am going to be a grandpa, and uh, I'm going to have a granddaughter in a couple of weeks. And uh, they they love the Lord. They're so excited about this gift from the Lord. Uh their plan is uh, to to move to Kenya in about 18 months and be in full-time missions medicine there. So every moment that we'll get, you know, with this grandchild and with them is going to be savored, I think, in a way that you can only, you know, uh, do if you know they're, they're leaving uh, like that. And then I have a, a daughter uh, who is married, uh, Emma, and she's married to Zach, and Zach is in seminary at Asbury now. And uh, so he's going to be an honest man here. <laughs> eventually. Oh, <so>. Eventually. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, I mean, ministry uh, is, is just flowing forth from your family. That's our family. That's, yeah. fa- that's fantastic. Yeah. By the way, there's some great flights to Kenya. So, you know. You, you and Nancy can just jump on the plane and head over there. I I suspect that we will be buying a couple of those tickets. Oh <laughs> uh, well, Matthew, uh, tell us. I mean, you you, you became uh, ER doctor a number of years ago. That's 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 right. Nancy and I met. She was eighteen. She was a Jewish girl in a Jewish family, and and I was just kind of a bone carpenter who was doing a remodeling job on their house and. Their parents' worst nightmare came true. <laughs> <laughs> a Jewish, a Jewish family, and there's a Gentile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she fell in love with you. So we got married, um, and uh, my, my wife says never say this in front of people, but she's not here. <laughs> All right, I, I am the, good juicy stuff. Here I am we go. the only guy that I know who's uh, who's been offered a cash settlement to go away. <laughs> <laughs> so, so literally, I got offered this cash settlement. That wasn't even, you know, it was like a five figure back then. That was a lot of money, you know. And uh, but that wasn't even worth missing a date with her. You know? so, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We got we got married, and I just faced uh, you know a whole future of in laws uh, wishing that I would would have taken the money and left. You know? <laughs> So my advice, if anybody, any of your listeners are marrying into a Jewish family and they couldn't be born Jewish, the only thing you can do is go to medical school. <laughs> That's what I did. I went to undergraduate in medical school and just and just to get my mother-in-law on my side, you know. Oh man. Hey, and and so Nancy is a sharp lady, 
and uh, she uh, talk just a little bit about she helped you through medical school. A- absolutely, it was just. Um, that all the joking aside, to to realize I had somebody on my side for the first time, I did not pick my family very well. So I have uh, parents that I didn't see for decades, and I, 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 you know, I don't really have a family in that sense. And she was somebody who believed in me, mm-hmm. and uh, it, that is such a powerful, powerful force. Uh, and she was always there, and. For me to go even to undergraduate school, no undergraduate school would take me. I'd flunked out of high school, and um, and she was just always there. And I I got into medical school after two and a half years without an undergraduate degree, which shows you what you can do <laughs> if you're highly motivated, or you marry my wife. <laughs> you know, so uh, she was just a great blessing in that way. Just having somebody believe in you, I believe that's something called prevenient grace mm. uh, that the Lord was extending to me. The Lord was taking me out of what probably wouldn't have turned out to be a very good life and uh, and moving me in a different direction. Uh, so we've been through it all together. You know, the, you know, the Bible says it's crystal clear that the best and most important decision we could ever make is to trust the Lord Jesus, to receive him, and to walk with him. And I've always told my kids, the second most important decision is who you marry. Well, since I didn't know the Lord back then, I made the first best decision, (laughs) which was was to marry Nancy. Uh, The Lord came along later, but but I understand. I lived so much of my life as a non-Christian. I was in my mid-40s when I read the Bible for the first time. And uh, so I've thought probably more than others about how God is working in the lives of people who don't even know God is there Mm -hmm. and trying to break through and trying to extend that love. And uh, it's I don't even know how to resolve all that if if I go back and say, well, you know, I was sinning constantly and willfully uh, and nonetheless, the Lord will cut through that nonsense and pull you along um so that didn't mean to go down that money no no that, that's <laughs> awesome because i mean you i mean the bible is, is crystal clear none of us are the, the, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god we are we are enemies of god we're in darkness we're away from god and we're separated from him apart from the love and grace and the and the mercy of jesus and the cross, and so when when that happened, you were you were how old? Forty, I think it was forty six, something like that. So uh, so you were you're doing your ER doctor thing, and I'm doing my ER doctor thing. And what um, you don't really want to hear the whole story. Was all, um, short story is a lot of stuff went bad in, in our family. Um, my wife's brother drowned in front of my children on vacation. I had a patient that stalked me pretty seriously. Uh, when the police went and checked on him one time, they found his mother in the closet. He'd beaten her to death a week before. Um, and uh, the kind of the icing on the cake of that was uh, one Tuesday morning, got home from working a shift in the ER. It's beautiful. The coast of Maine was never more beautiful than that day. Blue skies and um, things went to pieces in New York City. And then my neighbor called me and said, you got to help me get my son from school. His dad was on the first plane. <clears throat> and I woke up to the fact that there was evil in the world. Evil is a spiritual concept. And my whole world was scientific 
if you can't prove it and reproduce it, I don't believe in it. <clears throat> but you can't prove or measure evil, but it exists. Mm. And I said, what's on the other side of that? And I went looking, and that's where I found God. And we're going to take a break and come right back to that, and then how God has continued to work in your life, in and through you and Nancy, to where you are leading the ministry today. We'll take a break and come back and hear the next uh, segment of that story on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to the second segment here of Solid Steps Radio. We are here with Matthew Sleeth, who has an incredible story, a bunch of credible stories, but just left off how 9-11 was an eye-opening day for him, as it was for many people. But uh, he's talking about how that not only hit him spiritually, but it hit him personally with some relationships and, and people who he knew. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit more about that. So, so Matthew, you, you're, you're living this, you know, ER doctor world for uh, a, a number of years and 9-11 happens and God, God's just beginning to really open your eyes. And, and what my eyes were open to is how bad things were. Uh, things were bad in the world, obviously, and things were bad in my personal life. Our marriage was uh, <clears throat> not not something I would have paid you to be in or anything at that point. Uh, the only thing I loved doing was practicing medicine. Um, but but I said, if there's all this evil and if there's all this bad, there's got to be something out there that's you know something that counteracts it or does something. So. I went and I read every New Age book you could get a hold. I read the Ramayana, I read the Bhagavad Gita, I tried to slog through the Quran. I, you know, <laughs> and uh, this ended because I was at the hospital one one morning and it was super slow and I didn't have anything to read. It's Sunday morning; it's always the slowest time in hospitals, and I didn't have anything to read. And I went and I looked at the w- waiting room for something, and there was an orange book on the table that said, you know, Holy Bible on it. I thought, I don't think I can read through this before the first patient rolls in here. <laughs> and I hate starting a book I can't finish, you know. And and we didn't have one at home, so I just stole it. <laughs> <laughs> he stole a Bible. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm narcissist, and there's a book in there named after me. It's a pretty cool. <laughs> That's where I started. <laughs> Which it turns out... The book pretty, of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I had to look two-thirds of the way through the book to find something named after me. So, uh, And, uh, and, and I, I can never go back and describe accurately, you know, it just the stunning realness of Christ. And I think it came in contrast to reading all those other texts that people, you know, hold as sacred... But those people are they're not they're not real. And and Jesus is so real that in this other way he becomes unreal. Mm. Uh and and that was it. And my life has never been the same uh since. It's just uh I can't tell you that I got down on my knees that day and prayed. I didn't. It was a process. Uh, I did my prayer driving in the car with Joyce Myers <laughs> playing on the radio. <laughs> um, but I did do that, you know, Jesus come into my heart and change my life here or else I'm quitting. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he did. And he, and he did. And he, um, 
and that's that's just been a beautiful process. Um, uh, God reworking me. It was uh, it was pretty hard for him to work with this piece of clay, as they say. Uh, you were a piece of work, but you know what? That's 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 what God is famous for. You know, and I was a physician, and you read the Bible a little differently, especially Christ. Because you know what, like when John's disciples sin uh, come to uh, say, you know, are, are you the one? Are you the Messiah? <clears throat> Jesus basically says, you know, I'm, I'm healing the blind, the lame are seeing, we're carrying Hansen's disease or leprosy. Basically, the the the, the hospital's open. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could relate to that. Mm. And so there are a lot of things. Even remember that I don't remember the verse where. Where Jesus cures the 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 person who's who's blind, and he and he and he picks up and he gets dirt and mm-hmm. spits on it. And he makes mud out of it. Things like that would fascinate me. And then when I read through Genesis and everything, and I read about God forming Adam, I realized that what Jesus was doing is what a sculptor does when they're working on a piece of clay mm. and it's gotten a little dry. And the thing we lost <clears throat> was the sight of God. Mm-hmm. And so he remoistens the clay. Mm-hmm. You know, he's remaking us and everything. So things like, you know, so God gave me a little bit of advantage, which was a medical degree to read through the Bible <laughs> with. You know. and, then he, and, then he, and then not only does he save you and deliver you and call you, you know, by name to become his son and to become a child of God and, and to be saved. But then he says, now I've got, I've got plans for you. Yes, uh, we became uh, the poster family for Downwardly Mobile. <laughs> we, we, uh, I eventually came to my wife and I said, uh, I, I'm going to quit my job. We need to move, <laughs> things like that. So we moved from our house to uh, a house exactly the size of our garage, <laughs> which if you've ever seen a doctor's garage, there's no reason to feel sorry <laughs> for me. You know, it was, so there were a lot of changes involved and and I would encourage people you know don't be foolish but uh don't just walk in and tell your boss you know you're you're quitting but if the lord is pulling you somewhere go mm. you will never know what's on the other side of that invitation unless you go and uh if I had known what was on the other side of that invitation I would have jumped a lot faster uh, it, 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 just the life of it, it's life, it's abundance, it's joy filled. When we fully surrender to Jesus, there's a li- there's it's a life like no other. It it is, and it's it's kind of you know it's one of the reasons we do evangelism, or you should do evangelism, because you know how good it is, you know. And um, it's like if you were trying to describe somebody what ice cream tastes like and they never had ice cream before, you could talk about it forever. <laughs> but until you've, you know, bitten into Cherry Garcia, <laughs> you don't know what heaven is like. You know? So um, it, so it is it's beautiful. It's joy filled. And it's our responsibility to uh, to convey that. And to convey that it's also, at some level, very serious business mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about, because we believe that we get this forever. And this is just the the beginning. This is just yeah. the beginning. So, okay, so Matthew, you 
uh, you've trusted Christ. Nancy has trusted the Lord, and you're you're now you're he's calling you to leave to be a physician in the ER. How how how, how does that work? Well, I think you really calling me to grow up and really try to heal some people um, was what it was. <clears throat> because eventually, no matter what you do for somebody medically, even the most dramatic cases I ever had, all I did was put somebody back on the road exactly where they were. Mm. And, uh, and Christ wants to go ahead and heal us permanently. Uh, that's, that's really the medicine I'm involved in now. And uh, new kind of medicine, new kind of medicine, new kind of medicine. So it's it's a long story of how we changed, but um, God just continued to bless. You know what I was doing. I wrote a book that it turned into good stuff. I worked on other things, and the ministry has grown. And one of the things we did was move here to Kentucky. Uh, <clears throat> we were at church. And we're, we're, we're newbies and everything. And this guy comes over and asks my son, where are you going to go to college? <clears throat> he said, well, I think I can go to Princeton for free. And I can go to Rensselaer for free. And he was just starting, you know, the interview because uh, he's a pretty bright student. And, uh, <laughs> and this guy says, why would you want to go there when you could go to a Christian college? And my wife and I both turned and looked at each other. And we literally said, what's a Christian college? We never heard of one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he had gone to Asbury, and he told us about that. My son said, I want to look at that school. And we, we came here, and I never, you know, Kentucky was not a state I'd ever visited or anything. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, and we went, and we, uh, we, we looked, and we, we prayed in the car in this, this circle drive in front of it. And my son said, we're, we're supposed to be here. And so we eventually all moved because my he he started he was young my daughter was 15 when she was accepted and, and we just wanted to be together as a family, and in each of those things it was just a leap of faith and all this beautiful stuff has happened mm. uh, since we've been here. And and you now are I mean, you're communicating, preaching, speaking all over the country. That's true. <laughs> and uh, I mean you've had how many since in the last few years you've had how many um, speaking engagements? I can't remember. Well, my wife stopped counting after I'd been in a thousand churches and places like that and that was that was years ago uh, surprisingly I've done little here in Kentucky I've preached more times at the National Cathedral than I've preached here in Kentucky this is a hint <laughs> invite me I don't care if you've got four people and one of them's not certain whether they're in the right building I'll, you know, if it's in Kentucky I'll come I'll come preach there so. uh, and but not only are you are you preaching and you're and you're speaking all over the country, but um, you lead a ministry called Blessed Earth. Yes, talk to us about that. Um, Blessed Earth was started because I really felt that uh, things that I was interested in as a secular person, I was I was interested in outdoors and the environment and and water, fish, you know, all these kinds of things, and. Um, it seemed to me that there was this huge divide between all that and what you'd hear about once you went into church. It's as if they forgot God made all of this. You know, he made the fish. <laughs> he made the rainfall. Um, and so I wanted to be able to talk about what does the Bible say about interacting with this gift called the earth. And I'll tell you what, we're going to pick that up in the next break and hear more about 
the Ministry of Blessed Earth uh, wrote a book called 24-6, which we talked about in the beginning, how we're talking about what does it mean to have a Sabbath, and that's a, a big part of that. So we're going to take a break, come back. I want to thank our sponsors, Carol Rogers Carpet One and l and Credit Union, and you're listening to Solid Steps Radio. 